Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. We do this podcast every week and it's such a joy to have the incredible guests that we've had and also to ever so often get to talk to you all just one on the whiz on uh and you know um i think that if anyone has been listening to this podcast since 2018 when it started they i hope that you get to hear growth <laughs> and i hope that you uh notice just kind of like epiphanies that are happening throughout the process of sharing, but well, and in that, um, I make it a point to try and share with you guys. And this episode comes out of a conversation that I was having with some friends at a brunch when I was in Toronto. So shout out to everybody in Toronto came out to my shows at the just for last festival. Uh, I was doing, uh, some shows out there and I got to see some old friends that I haven't gotten to see in a long time. And we were catching up and we were just talking about, you know, our partners because one of them uh, was going through or is going through a breakup, but it's not because they're not compatible. It's not because they don't love each other. It's because uh, her partner feels like she doesn't see him at a level that he needs to be to be with her. And she's like, but that's just not true. Like I do, like I do feel like he's like on the level to be with me. And he was basically trying to get her to understand that even if she does feel that way, that she's doing things that send a different message. And so we were talking about like what those things are and we'll get into that in this episode. But the biggest conversation like tentpole that we came to was just this idea around how we identify and support potential like in our partners. And I'm sure that this can actually extend to, you know, in our children too, right? But like just in people that we are just very close to, how do we identify and support potential? And I think for so many of us, we don't realize that what we're looking at as like, oh, this person's potential is actually a warped projection of our own. And so unfairly, we then put that on that person and then we start doing things that we think are about the support of that potential, like reaching its fruition, that actually may not be that. And you got to listen to this episode to hear what I'm talking about. They actually may not be that. It may be something else because you know, it always ends up coming back to you. So here we are, small dose of side effects of potential. Let's get into a gem drop. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Gem drop in. Let's talk about potential versus projection. So both potential and projection are perception based, right? Like how you perceive, 
However, potential, potential is oftentimes solely just based on how a person perceives themselves and projection is how you are projecting onto someone else. Now, let me first just say that potential as it is, it's not just a solely personal thing. Like someone can see potential in somebody else. And so when we're in these relationships, we can look at somebody and we'll be like, oh, I can see this potential in you for X, Y, and Z. And if the person is not meeting that, then it can feel like, okay, this is somebody who is not right for me for these reasons. And I want to just say, that in order for you to actually be able to have that conversation with yourself of like, is this person not achieving their potential and thus that is a deal breaker? In order for you to have that in a very actual, real, honest way, the first thing you have to identify is if what you're looking at is a undermet potential or your projection. Because some of us look at somebody and what we see is not necessarily potential, but what we see is what we want. We see that they have the, maybe the, <laughs> the traits, you know, maybe they have some of the assets, maybe they have some of the pieces of a puzzle that we want to solve. Maybe they have, you know, aspects that can be considered in a whole, a representation of the thing that we want. And so what we start to do is we start putting those pieces together to make it into the thing that we think that they can achieve that ultimately would be good for us. Now, a lot of us don't want to admit to this because we don't want to admit to our ego, but nine times out of 10, you have absolutely done this, particularly in a relationship with another person. You look at this person and you start summing them up, okay? You start looking at their different aspects, their stats, right? And you start looking at those things and you start adding up this idea of a person for your relationship. And that's a fair thing to do. You should absolutely look at people holistically, right? The sum of the parts. But a lot of times we start constructing those things in a way that is not realistic to that actual person. Like, let me, to, to give you an example, it's like, okay. I had a partner who was really good at solving things in chaos. So you say to yourself, wow, that's a really good trait that like he can solve things in chaos. Like, man, that's a manly man. Like that's somebody that can really show up. However, that skill set didn't translate when there wasn't chaos. So I'm looking at the skill set as, Instead, I should have been looking at it as, oh, he's really good in chaos. But what I was actually looking at it as is like, oh, this person's a problem solver. But the truth is they weren't really a problem solver. They are just accustomed to chaos and know what to do in it. Well, that's a whole other thing. And so in my mind, I had taken this thing that both of us see which is that you know how to solve things, but I had provided it a whole different context than how it actually existed for him. And so now that becomes the beginning of the warp of the potential. And then when people are not doing those things, you start to feel like, well, how can I either help them get there? How can I be of assistance in making them more capable of this thing? 
And that's where we've gotten into the projection. In the most purest of forms, when we're looking at someone's potential, we're basing it on how they base themselves. That's the safest route, baby. What do you see for yourself? You cannot see for someone what they don't see for themselves. If you're an educator, okay, and you're dealing with young people, that's different because they're still developing and they are in a space where you are considered the influencer of their shaping. In a relationship, you really don't want that role. Like you don't want to be the influencer of someone shaping in a relationship. Like if they are inspired by you, so be it. But if you're the one like molding a person, baby, you're not in a relationship. You in an internship. Mm-hmm. And so many times, like we get these fix-it projects and we're like, okay, this person, I can see that they have this thing in them and I'm going to help to be the, the resource for them to bring it out of them. I'm going to be the one to, to really get them to see that. And you think what you're doing is nurturing You think you're being even benevolent. You think what you're doing is being a resource and a good partner. And I will tell you what my therapist told me. In a lot of cases, what you're actually doing is being smothering, controlling, and offering up unsolicited advice. (laughs) Ooh, child, let me take a sip of water on that. And this is because... You have identified a person's potential based on what you would like it to be. And you are providing all of these things in your mind. You're doing so because out of the kindness of your heart. But in reality, a lot of times those things that you're providing are really about you trying to curtail disappointment. You're doing all of this extra to curtail disappointment. Guess what? If this person has the potential to be all these things, if they didn't ask you to help them get to that, then the only thing you need to be doing is cheerleading. Ra ra shish boom ba, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Ra ra shish boom ba, let's see you make it win. Yay! That's it. Unless they say to you, hey, so this is what I'm trying to do. Is it possible that you can help me with X, Y, and Z? And then they like actually do it. Stay out of it. You're in it. You're inserting yourself in it. Not because you genuinely want to get them there. It's because you don't want to be there when they don't get there because it's going to fucking hurt your feelings. And you're going to be disappointed. And I know some of y'all are like, you wildin' Amanda. No, I'm not. I had to have that realization with myself. Potential is the possibilities that someone has. Projection is you deciding the possibilities that someone has. And when you're in a relationship with someone and you do that, I promise you, you will be disappointed because people are who they are. And it doesn't mean that they cannot evolve. It doesn't mean they cannot improve. It doesn't mean they cannot change. However, In order to do that, they have to see within themselves the desire and also the capabilities to do that. Shit, I even had a, I had an employee 
who I had this issue with because I saw for them something that they didn't see for themselves. And it wasn't that they were like fighting me on it, but I realized that I didn't ask the right questions. I realized I didn't ask the right questions before we had moved into this new space to get clarity on, do you see yourself doing X, Y, and Z? Do you see yourself understanding this, 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 and this? And when it came time to do it, she wasn't really with it. She wasn't really jazzed. And I realized, oh, this isn't, this isn't a part of your picture. Huh? But there were other things that were. And so it was like that. I thought that, ah, shit, mm, damn. So I want you to ask yourself, are you looking at your partner's potential based on them or based on how you perceive it? And then from there, if that person has let you know, this is what I see for myself and how I feel I can achieve it, if they have not finished that sentence with, what do you think? <laughs> then simply just be like, that's what's up. If those standards that they have for themselves are lower than what feels comfortable for you, then you are able to decide, is this a relationship I can stay in? But until then, you're living in a fantasy, a fantasy world, a fantasy world, a fantasy, a fantasy world, a fantasy world. Let's take it to DMTs. DMT, we're serving it. What if your partner has hella potential, but they're stuck in hustle lane and not a regular nine to five? Mm. You know, I think that it becomes a question of what are they trying to achieve with that potential? Because ultimately, if they are in hustle mode to achieve something that isn't about a nine to five, then I feel like that's really a good thing because they're on course. It becomes, how do you support that? I know a nine to five can give people some, some solidity and some consistency, but not everybody is built for that. Some people are entrepreneurs. Some people are creatives. And the truth is a nine to five is a very like stifling, hustling thing. Oh, you're saying that he had a steady job, but the money was better when he was hustling. When we say hustling, are we talking about like the streets? Because <laughs> that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. Because yes, I'm sure you can make more money in the street than with a nine to five. However, when it boils down to it, you're also putting everybody in danger around you. And you are also making it so that their freedom and your freedom is also in danger. So I don't actually... <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think that it would be best to go back to hustling, even if the nine to five is not as much money, because the truth is you have to do more than support your partner with just money. There's a certain level of providing for you all that is about creating an emotional safe space and wondering if your person is going to come home is absolutely very stressful 
on a person. <laughs> okay? So there's that. Next question. Someone says, Chocolat says, how old is too old to still be pursuing the potential? You know, I think, ooh, child. I think that's very, very real. Because at the end of the day, there is a limit, guys. Like, there is a limit. Like, I've, I've seen, like, folks who are like, I'm going to be a rapper. And it's like, if you are over 36, and you ain't cracked it yet. You ain't cracked it yet. Hello, Sydney. Hilarious. You are not in these streets. Sydney, comedian Sydney Castillo says he's in these streets. He is not in these streets. He is literally on Sunset Boulevard outside of the comedy store. Like that's the most streets that Sydney is in. At a certain point, you simply <laughs> have to realize that there's a difference between potential and like a dream. You know, sometimes dreams are like this thing that's like just in your mind that you would love to achieve. But that doesn't mean that you have like all the pieces for that dream to happen. And that's a real crazy realization that you have to come to. But when you come to it, it can be very freeing also because it allows you to reassess how you can achieve the thing that you want to achieve. I think sometimes what we're calling potential is really delusion um, because if you have like the things, but you don't have all the things, then you're kind of being delusional about your ability to actually turn those things into something. I will tell you about this. So many artists have the potential to be incredibly, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, impactful, successful, et cetera. However, if they don't have the business acumen or they're not like sociable enough to get somebody to, to do that business, then there's going to be a ceiling to their potential. So it isn't a realistic goal because you need these other aspects in order to live off of this thing. Now, when someone here asks, you know, the difference between potential and delusion, how do you know the difference? Well, you know, the difference by identifying one is actually going to grow and turn from potential into practicality. And the other one is going to still seem like it's unreachable. Like potential turns into reality. All potential is, is the projection of skills that you are like working on into mastery. That's potential. Delusion is you continuously being like, oh, like, I'm still not there. Like, I'm still not there. Like, I'm still not there. And it's like, but are you any closer to there? Ooh, like, that's a real, that's a real thing. Are you any closer to there? So I feel like a lot of people don't understand the difference between those things. They also uh, don't realize that at a certain point in your life, you not acknowledging or having the real conversation with yourself about where you are is going to hold you back from where you could be. And we have to really identify that in a real way. Next question. What about dealing with a partner that doesn't realize their potential? Someone who ritually self-disqualifies. How do you keep encouraging instead of pushing? So... Encouragement and cheerleading goes only so far if someone doesn't love themselves and someone doesn't see 
the possibilities for themselves, it is incredibly difficult to get them over that bridge without them speaking to a professional about it. Or simply even speaking to someone outside of their like personal space to me. That's my theory. Because I don't, I don't really feel like you can convince somebody. You can show them to a certain extent but they have to really say like, no, this is for me. I mean, look at the five heartbeats, okay? Eddie Kang, he was never going to get clean until he decided that that was what he wanted. It didn't matter that the boys and the, the, the brothers in the group saw him as their star. It doesn't matter that... There were women that like believed in him. He had to believe in himself. Now, I'm not going to say that there isn't a certain point where, you know, the timing can line up where you believing in somebody lines up with them believing in themselves. But at the end of the day, like that's a crapshoot that you got, you got it. You could take a risk on. But to me, you actually just have to know that like people are going to be who they are and you just have to decide if enough of them is compatible with you. And then a lot of times like I feel like we're creating things and expectations and like potential for people based on things that have nothing to do with that person. Like we create so like I know like so many women we create these potentials for men based on what society has told us men should be. So we're like okay not just expectations. I'm saying we create potentials. Like we'll look at aspects of a man and be like, okay, so he's got a little bit of that in there. So, okay, I can see that popping off. And he's got a little bit in there. I can see that popping off too. But it's like, he's not even looking at himself saying, I want this to pop off like this. And I want this to pop off like that. You doing that. So if he ain't looking at that like that, then it's not going to pop off. <laughs> so you have to realize like this is actually me projecting some like heteronormative gender role on this person and they haven't even put that on themselves. Last question. I'm 23 and my ex used to say that my creative work isn't going to get me anywhere and that I should stick with a regular nine to five. Was it him being honest and truthful or was that not supporting me? It depends. I don't know what your creative work was. If your creative work is trash, maybe he was trying to say that without telling you your creative work is trash. And let me tell you, if we're being honest, not everybody got bomb ass creative work. Okay. Like I will tell you that when I was doing pottery, I had to learn Amanda, this ain't, your, this ain't your bag, okay? This ain't your bag. <laughs> You're not going to come up off of pottery. So you need to come up off of pottery. <laughs> like, this ain't it. You know, some people say like, oh, I'm going to be a singer, right? I want to be a singer. But ultimately, like, if you can't really sing like that, you're not going to be a singer, you know what I mean? Some people want to rap. They want to rap, baby. But baby, maybe you can't rap like that. I had an ex who really like called himself like I'm about to be a rapper. I was like, with Saran? What you about to rap? The leftovers? Because baby, you ain't got the raps. 
You ain't got the reps. So I think that that's one part of it. Now, on the other side of things, you were 23. At 23, I just feel like live your life. Eh, eh, eh. Like live your life. It's not like you 36 with three kids still trying to say, like, I'm going to try and figure it out. That's the other part of it that I also want to make clear. It's about also the responsibilities that you have. There's a certain reality of your responsibilities that does change what we need to rely on. If you have kids and people who, like, depend on you, you may not have the luxury of saying, I'm not going to get a nine to five. I'm just going to be in here painting. So and that- to me, I was like somebody who was always about just like try things, try things, try things, try things. I also thought that I was going to be popping and have all of my shit lined up by 22. I think um, it's unrealistic. You need time and creatives also need time. But one thing I also will add to you though is that there is something to be said for having the security of a nine to five while you work out your creativity. Not having that fear of money and how am I gonna pay this rent and how am I gonna pay this bill is a huge relief for you to be able to continue to create. And then you create time to create. So I think that your partner may have also been projecting their own fear onto you, right? Because people who aren't creatives also are like, well, that's not realistic. Only so many people make it, you know, and then you get into the real conversation. You understand that like, they just don't have a truth and a real like trust in the capabilities of someone to make something from nothing. Creatives make something from nothing every day. So that's like a very realistic thing for us. And when people don't do that, a lot of people just cannot, I, they can't fathom that you could be something from nothing even though you literally came from nothing and now you're standing here having a conversation with you. I think of it kind of like there's the wizarding world, (laughs) then there's the regular world, and then there's muggles. Sorry, not muggles. There's the the people who can't do magic, but they can see magic. I always forget what they're named. So like those are the people that are like agents and managers and producers. Those are the people who exist in the creative world that aren't necessarily creating, but they see it. And they see that these are the pieces that need to get put together for this to happen. A creative cannot be with somebody who cannot see the magic. They don't have to do the magic, but they need to be able to see the magic, squibs. A creative cannot be with someone who's not a squib. You can't. You got to be able to be with somebody who can see the magic. So your potential is, you know, a spell that hasn't been cast yet. However, you're still going to keep working up towards that. And I really want to see people not sell themselves short because they think, oh, well, My partner is not reaching a potential. And it's like, maybe they're still trying to get there. 
Now, I'll take one more question because I can talk about this forever. As a partner, am I obligated to support your goals even if they are not showing results and actually don't align with their potential? Like they want to be, they want to, but probably shouldn't. You know what my thing is? There was another question right beneath that that was actually very, goes in the same mix. What if your partner has so much potential but no hustle? If they have potential and no hustle, they don't have potential. <laughs> like you have to, like, they just have like um, capabilities. Because potential, like I said, is like the step before the progress. So if you don't have hustle, how are you going to progress the step? They got to have both. Otherwise, it's just capabilities. I think that there's a certain level of support that you give your partner, even if their goals aren't aligning, because you love them and people need to learn things themselves. Now, if this is at your expense, you know, and this, if this is, you know, going to affect your common set, I mean, not sorry, not common sense. If this is going to affect your joy space, then shit. Ah, at a certain point, you got to be like, listen, this is not practical. So my mom used to be married to this man who was like, had a nine to five, but he was also like trying to like get rich. So he was always like putting like gum machines in laundry rooms. I mean, in laundromats and all type of shit like that. And at a certain point, my mom was just like, what, what, <laughs> like, what's the vision here? Um, but she was still always supportive because she was just like, I mean, that's what he, he's trying to figure it out. Now, he ended up being a complete trash person in other ways, but you're going to be with people who are going to be trying to figure it out. And even if you feel like you've already figured it out, it doesn't matter because they have to figure it out. And as long as you're not getting dragged through the mud through the figure it out fucking process, I think it's just a part of our grace that we give to each other. And a lot of times it is very hard to keep your fucking mouth shut when you know the answers that the other person needs, but you really do. I, I'm telling you, I've learned this. Like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. They don't shut up unless you are specifically and explicitly asked, babe, can you give me some advice or can you share your thoughts on this? Shut it up. Shut the fuck up. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great questions. I love it. You know, usually at this point, we would do the script and I would give you all like some books and some supplementary reading. I don't really have anything for this topic. I hate to break it to you. I don't. I don't really have anything for this topic. But what I have is my own experience to talk about in another edition of That, that One Time. time. That, that One Time? time. I have had to learn and check myself about what is the difference between potential and projection in so many ways. And I've learned the hard way with aligning myself with someone who 
may have had potential to be something, but made a choice not to be. And I kept telling myself that because they had the potential, it would eventually override the choice. And that was just not a realistic and practical way of thinking. Because ultimately, if they had the potential and they were in the right place to be with me, then they would have made that choice. And once they made a choice not to exercise that potential, that should have been my cue to say, okay, then this is not going to work for me. Well, I know some people might be saying, yeah, but how do you define that? Well, you have to ask yourself, are our values aligning? Are our goals aligning? Is our timing aligning? Is this person even secure enough to exist within the space of us at the point where their potential is? You might be with somebody who you love, but they may not be able to get past if you have maybe more security than them financially, or maybe you're more established career-wise. Like they may not be able to do that. For their own health has not, their own mental health and well-being has not reached a point where they can like truthfully um, support that without it feeling like it is a reflection of their failure. Then you have simply just the, the gender roles of thinking that men need to show up this way in a relationship and women need to show up in this way in a relationship, particularly when it comes to like, you know, uh, enterprising like m- money and finance. And you have to come to understand like, okay, that is not a gender-based skill. Being able to to monetize things and being able to, uh, and and having ambition, these are not gender-based. I know like Bishop T.D. Jakes did this whole talk where he was saying that women are being raised by men because they are being raised to exist in a capitalist system where they get to be a part of it. And in order to be a part of capitalism, you need to have ambition. You need to be cutthroat. You need to be willing to go hard. And he was saying that women being involved in that system and being raised to be involved in that system is them being raised by men. And last time I checked, ambition... (laughs) And uh, innovation and shit on the shady side of things, cutthroatery, thems ain't gender-based, baby. Everybody has the possibility and the potential to be any of those things. Everybody. So now that we're in a society where women and men both get to pursue those things, you start to see the reality that there are plenty of men who don't have those skills. But does that mean that they are not as valuable in a relationship? If the woman has those skills, does that mean that this is now like, are, are they a mooch? Are they needing to be pushed in their potential to achieve the same level as the woman? Because I'm going to promise you, if they didn't have it before you got there, they're not going to get it now. They're not. Some people may be able to work harder. You know what I'm saying? Like they may be able to work harder. They may be able to be busier, but it's not going to all of a sudden give them some type of consciousness and ability that they never even had an interest to. 
That can happen when people have an interest. If someone says like, you know what, in order to be with this person, I know that I need to show up in this particular way. And so I need to tap into that. That's a real thing. But again, you can tell someone that that's a necessity, but you can't make them (laughs) do it. You can't get them to tap in. You can't convince. You can't enforce. And as much as you are telling yourself that I am simply just being a resource because I'm a good woman, nine times out of 10, you're really actually just being pushy because you don't want them to let you down. And a lot of times being let down is also a matter of just your perspective. Why did they let you down? Because you had perceived their potential to be something that it actually wasn't and that they had never even necessarily pretended for it to be. Woo! I'm preaching. No, Lando. Sorry, my cat was right here and I scared him when I screamed. So to all of my folks listening, have a real conversation with yourself about your own potential. Have a real conversation with yourself about how you see yourself. Because a lot of times that's the other thing. How you see yourself and how someone else sees you is two very different things. And sometimes you may not even know about your potential. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there isn't a conversation to have with someone about how do they see themselves and then you illuminating for them, well, this is what I see. If you do that, go for it. Let people know. Maybe they didn't even know that was a possibility. And now they're considering it. But it is not for you to enforce it. And that's another episode of Small Doses, honey. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.